I live a good life. Um, I'm married. My my wife and I are both healthy. We got three beautiful young girls. Um, and I've accomplished a number of things. I'm 36 years old. But when I tell you the best time of my life <laughs> was like those two weeks when the Clippers were booty. Oh my God. It was it was fantastic. Yesterday showed why he could be a number one wide receiver on any other team. Ron's one ring in, in Cleveland over that Golden State Warriors team has more weight than any ring that Michael Jordan won. Yeah, Tyreek Hill's the most dangerous non-QB in the NFL. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of The Bench Mob ENT Podcast, the best sports podcast in New Jersey. We got on a special guest with us today, David Russian. How are you doing? I'm good, man. I'm I'm really happy to be here. I know we've been trying to do this for like <laughs> probably like a month now, it seems. Uh, but kids, sick kids, kids' schedules, holidays, it, it all kind of got in the way. But I'm glad we were finally able to link. Adults in one-on-one, essentially. That's what that's what happened. For those that do not know who David Russian is, he is the co-host of Rush Vibes. Go check that out. New episode dropped recently talking about what we're going to talk about a little bit. NBA friends community. Yeah. A bunch of other stuff they have on it that's really good. And, of course, lover of cigars, whiskey, bourbon. And now for those that, you know, may know him as this, a.k.a. the mayor, the mayor of NBA Threads community. I call him the commish. He is on the show with us today. Starting off there, did you think, when you hopped on Threads, it was like, oh, this is a new app, that it would blow up to what it is now? No, I, I, I didn't. I had no idea. Uh, I was excited for it. That's kind of what my personality is. I'm sort of like an early adopter. Uh, that's something my wife picks on me about <laughs> a lot because something will come out and she's like, why are you interested in that? And I'm just like, I don't know, because it's new. It's it's fresh, right? So, I mean, I've been on Twitter since I was in college. So back in between 2006, 2010, and then, you know, from, from then on. Uh, but never really got any kind of engagement. I'm not one of those people who are able to build like a large account. I was mostly consuming content. I wasn't really putting anything out that anybody cared about. <laughs> so it got to the point where, you know, all the stuff that was going on with Elon and bots and, and blue checks, you know, going out to everybody who wants one. I was just kind of looking for a new space on social media. And it just so happened. I think it was during the playoffs last year. Uh, I was watching, I think, a Lakers game. And I saw an article from The Verge had dropped saying that Threads has you know, this, this Twitter competitor that they're getting ready to drop. And then when it, when it, when it launched in July, I was just like, let me check it out. And it's crazy now when I think about it, because nobody like nothing, there was really no, for me, no engagement going on that first week, even though a hundred million people signed up. Right. But for me, nobody was really interacting with anything I put out. So I think I noticed after like that first week, when all the activity started to drop off, I was like, I'm not really, <laughs> maybe, maybe this isn't it for me. Right. So I didn't really mess with it from, from July, whenever, whenever it dropped till uh, the NBA season started. And I think even during the preseason, I put out a post was like, hashtag NBA threads. Is anybody here? It was like nothing. <laughs> it was like zero likes, zero reposts, probably like zero views, like nothing. And I was like, all right, I guess not. But I didn't want to go back to Twitter. So opening night I got on and, I put out a post just to see if anybody was was anybody else was around this time and people started jumping in 
responding, saying, oh, they're going for this team, they're going for that team. So I did that, I think, every night during opening week, and, like, more and more people would jump in. And it was it was just crazy. Like, I had no idea that anybody was going to respond. I had no reason to expect anybody to respond based on what had happened previously. But it, it happened, and, you know, it, it worked out, and that's kind of, for me, that's how the whole NBA Threads thing got started. That was my my intro to it. But, no, I had no idea it was going to do what it's what it's done, both just as a platform and then, you know, just for me personally. It's it's all really, really new for me. <laughs> Shout out to you because I was just like you. I was on there in the beginning. Yeah. And I was like, I ain't seeing nothing. I'm going to just – I logged yeah. off. I come yeah. back on and it's blew up completely. I'm like, dang, I should have stayed on the whole time, bro. Like, yeah. I came back and I'm like, oh, it's a whole community here. Like you said, yeah. my engagement is way more on threads than probably like any, any other any other app. Yeah, and, and it's it's crazy because it's not like there aren't big accounts from Twitter or Instagram on threads. Like they are, but not everyone, not every one of them has comparable engagement. And that's because threads is so different. Like you said, it's it's really about community. So if you're just somebody who wants to put out thirst trap, <laughs> you know, post, you're probably not going to see, you're probably not going to get the love you're getting on Instagram or or Twitter. But if you're somebody who's trying to like, you know, talk about that set, the Celtics ran three times in a row yesterday against the Lakers, you know, threads might be the place for you because it's going to require like engagement It's going to require conversation. So um, that's, that's how thread works differently. And it's so funny seeing people like, not funny, but it's, it's interesting seeing people, but bigger accounts complain about no engagement. And then you go look at their page and it's just like, <laughs> okay, now I see it. Cause you're not really putting in any effort. You think you're thinking your followers, you know, your numbers are going to do all the work for you. And you actually kind of got to get in and roll your sleeves up a little bit. So. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely some work you got to put into it. And they just think, oh, I got my 2.5 million over here on Twitter. It's just going to translate over. Yeah. Nah, nah. It's actually more organic, actual, community there now you mentioned the lakers we both are lakers fans um terrible christmas showing uh before we even get into what's going on with this season when did you become a lakers fan what drew you to be a lakers fan what's the origin story of that yeah so i want to get to that but before i do um i just wanted to give you your props and your flowers i think it's really important you know when people bring you on just not to talk about yourself or whatever um because uh just like you took interest in me i took interest in you whenever we connected the fact that your podcast has like 289 episodes and you've only been doing it for like three years is ridiculous <laughs> let me tell you there's people out here doing something 289 anything 289 times is not easy i don't care what it is so the fact that you've done it you've sat down intentionally and you know thought out sketched out produced curated edited put out into the world uh an episode of your uh uh um portion of your podcast uh eight, 289 times is is crazy and i like that you cover different like levels of athletics you're not just nba or nfl like you're covering like local athletes collegiate athletes uh and telling people stories and whether it's four people look at it 30 people you know 200 million um the fact that you're committed enough to your craft again to do it 289 times but then also to cover people you know who who aren't headliners uh, but still give them an opportunity to get their story out i think that's that's really incredible i think it's needed 
Uh, and I appreciate it just as somebody who <laughs> it's hard for us to sit down and do our podcast from week to week. So, um, yeah, the fact that you've been able to do it with such consistency, I, I think that's, you know, has to be be highlighted. So I just wanted to do that before we got we got too far into it. Um, but as far as me, Lakers, so I've kind of always been uh, a Lakers fan, um, whether I whether I knew it or not. My parents met in L.A., uh, they got married in Los Angeles. Both of my older brothers were born in Los Angeles. I was born in uh, Woodbridge, Virginia, which is in the DMV. But um, my whole house, like, they always root for the Lakers. Like, my dad was always, anytime the game was on, he was watching a Laker game. And then my brothers, obviously, they were they rooted for the Lakers. Now, when I actually got introduced to the league, like, when I actually was, like, following basketball, knew what was going on, I was probably, like, in my early teens, uh, I got into I got into basketball a little later, probably than most people, but it was right around the time Kobe and Vince were out. So my middle brother loved Kobe. I love Vince. Uh, he's still my favorite player of all time. Um, so we would always kind of root against each other. I would root obviously for Toronto when they played the Lakers. I would root for Toronto. But yeah, if the Lakers weren't playing Toronto, I wanted to see them do well because who who didn't like Kobe, right? And who didn't like Shaq, right? <laughs> like that team was that team was special. So, um been sort of like a fan adjacent since my early teens, but probably within the last three or four years, I just decided like, okay, let me just go ahead and, and buckle in and actually root for the Lakers. Because one of the reasons why I, I went away from Twitter was because it was so, it was kind of toxic with, you know, this player is better than that player, or, you know, this player is not the goat, that player is the goat. And it really took a lot of the, you know, and I didn't even realize it, it was happening subconsciously, but it took a lot of the joy out of the game for me because everybody's being torn down to build somebody else up. And there's just so many out of the history of basketball and any sport, really just the amount of talent that's come through the league. Like as long as it's been in existence, like there's just so many great players and so many great teams where I really just kind of backed away from the whole favorite player, favorite team thing. And I just wanted to be, you know, a purist and really just enjoy the game in general. If there's, if Milwaukee's playing, Indiana on the second night of a back-to-back Giannis is sitting I'm still watching it right because I just I just love basketball that much and I just want to see the best basketball players in the world play but uh, once LeBron came back to the Lakers um, I started to appreciate him a lot more just just as a player uh, as a man and I was just like you know what let me just let me just lock in continue the tradition of rushing's you know actively rooting for the Lakers but the flip side of it is is the heartbreak (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like when your team goes two and six in the last eight games since they won the ISC. So that's the stuff I, I don't love. And of course my wife is from Massachusetts. She's a Celtics fan. So, you know, she's, she's on my neck. <laughs> she's been on my neck a lot lately. So um, that part stuff, but no, all in all, it's, it's really, I've always been around the Lakers, Laker fandom. So uh, it just made sense for me when I decided, okay, let me, let me actually have a favorite team again. Hey, before you get into that, because we definitely want to touch on that. So what you said earlier, all glory to God, appreciate it. Um, what you said, too, is literally what I try to do. That's why I called it bench mob. For those yeah. that's watching, for those that's listening that never heard the origin story, bench mob ENT. The title is because of that. People that are on the bench, and you know from watching sports and loving basketball, you always got those people like, yo, he would, he the eighth man on the bench. I could probably beat him. All right, he booty. But in actuality, oh, yeah. that eighth, ninth man will go give you 50 if given an opportunity to play. Yeah. 
Easy. Yeah. Same thing across life in general. The people that are on the proverbial bench that are at the D3 school that plays field hockey, they got a story to tell too. Yeah. So we're going to always tell their stories. We're going to always reach out to those people. Of course, we love to have Bron on. Bron, Bron, if you watch this, we love to have you on. But we're going to have on any and everybody else also because they have stories to tell. They are also valuable. Lakers, like you said, since the in-season tournament, have been struggling. And I've said this as a Lakers fan, and like you said, I, I just love the sport. Yeah. I'm not one of those fans that's like oblivious, like, the Lakers have a lot of question marks I feel that need to be answered, and it's been up and down, inconsistent play. Yeah. This is a tournament. Of course, I'm glad they won. Exciting. <laughs> it was good. But I was right. sitting back as a real understanding the game of basketball. Look at them like, the Lakers are that veteran team that for the playoffs, yeah. the playoff atmosphere, they're going to show up. Yeah. But they've been boozled the rest of the country because this it's still we see the issues still popping up after in season tournament. What yeah. do you see like could be done? Do you think it's a trade that needs to happen? And if a trade, like who do they trade for? Because now I'm hearing, you know, the Zach Levine, the DeMar DeRozans, the yeah. Alice Neutral, and then today came out uh DeJounte Murray is on a uh on a watch list. So what's yeah. your thoughts? Um, man, I, it's, it's funny you say like they're an old veteran team that like they get up for the playoffs, which I think is why they were able to make the run they made last year, which I don't think gets a lot of credit. And maybe it's just because it's the Lakers, right? And the Lakers kind of like the Dallas Cowboys. People just kind of love to hate them or discredit them. But the fact that they went from the play in all the way to the Western conference finals is like really significant. <laughs> I, I, I think, but yeah, I, um, I think it's a bit of a the the come down, right, from the end season tournament. I, I think anytime you set a goal and you work really hard toward achieving it and you get it, you know, there I think there's just like a natural like letdown. And I think that's kind of just the gift and the curse of the end season tournament. It's something new, it was exciting. It was something that I think majority of the teams really bought into and, and wanted to go out and win. But there's always that letdown some sort of championship and it just so happens that the lakers had a game like two nights later <laughs> right and then they, they went on like some ridiculous stretch of uh not ridiculous but they went on a stretch of games on the road so they didn't really get that you know if you if you can if you think about the finals if you win in the finals you got like you know three four months before you got to start thinking basketball again they had like 48 hours so i think part of that's at play um but also the teams just really they're they're okay defensively, but offensively they just struggle. They're like in the bottom three teams, I think, in three point uh, percentage shooting. Um, you take if if Bron and AD aren't aren't doing well, there's really nobody outside of Austin Reeves that can step up and, and go get you a bucket. And even with him, because he's coming off the bench, it's kind of hard to get him the kind of minutes he needs to really have, you know, I mean, he'll have impact, obviously, but to maximize his impact, it's really hard if he's sitting for the first you know, six minutes of the game before he comes in. So I think that, yeah, there's a number of issues. And then, you know, they've been, they've been hurt. They just got like most of the roster back and then Gabe Vincent got hurt again. Uh, Vando has kind of been working his way back. Um, so I, I think you kind of put all that together and it's, I won't say it's great, but I think the fact that they have the record that they have is they're actually in, in a pretty good spot. I think, um, 
not as good as not where we want to be, but they could be, they could be in a lot worse position. But I think, you know, they're probably going to need to do a trade. I think the D low benching is some sort of a sign of that. Uh, I don't know that he's, I don't know that he's played more than 17. I think it's only two games, but I think he played 17 minutes the first game. I think he might've played even less um, on Christmas day yesterday. So he's probably going to be moved. He's got a player option. So I don't know what that means for, for uh, next year. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I fought against the Levine trade for so long because it's like that shiny, you know, it's like that shiny thing, right? That you, you're not feeling well, you know, you down, you're like, man, sucks. And you got this little thing over here off in the distance. And you're like, oh man, what is that? That looks, you know, I think I might want to go see what that is. And I just, I'm not convinced that he's the guy, right? Uh, Chicago's got a winning record since he got hurt. He got hurt November 28th. I think they're like seven and three, seven and four, something like that. Um, I think that that sort of speaks to your value if you can go down and your team immediately starts winning, right? Um, now, he's a talent. Let's not, I'm not saying he's not. And he can go, he can go get buckets and he can drop 50 on you like without really trying. And you pair that with LeBron and AD. Now, obviously, LeBron can get the most out of teammates or most most of his teammates. You know, it's it's kind of interesting, but I don't I don't like the move because you probably have to give up uh you know some some really important pieces. So I don't know if that's the move. Murray's interesting. You know, he's shooting a career high, I think, in th- three point percentage, or at least on on more than like one attempt. I think he's shooting like 38%, 35 on catch and shoot threes which is really good for him, somebody who was really just primarily like a defensive player coming into the league. So that could be interesting. He's got a lower salary, so you don't have you don't maybe have to add as many players. So maybe you do D'Lo in a, in a draft pick or maybe D'Lo in a couple of draft picks, um, something like that. But I don't know. Something probably needs to happen. Um, if it's a trade, I think we'll know if we need to make a trade here like within the next couple of weeks, depending upon how the team does. Um, you know, if we continue to to lose more than we win, um, I think you just kind of have to do something, right? You're the Lakers. You can't you can't not be up an above average team, uh, or at least not without without trying, you know, to to right the ship. So it's it's stressful. <laughs> Anytime they play, um, you know, I got I got a glass of scotch to try to take the edge off a little bit, but uh. No, I think all things considered, they're they're in an okay spot, but um, you know, I think the next couple of weeks will tell us a lot about you know the direction they take, especially once you know it, j- January fifteenth comes and pretty much everybody's trade eligible. Uh, we'll kind of we'll kind of see what's what's going to happen then. Yeah, I think the injuries played a huge factor. I think Vando being back is going to be huge for the defensive end. He looked like he was working on his offensive game this this summer, you know, with with Bron and working with mm-hmm. Phil Handy. So I, I kind of want to see if Vando got a little bit more to offer on the offensive end, be like a, a true three and D guy. Yeah. But outside of that, it's just like the thing. My concern is, is just I don't want us to be wasting the prime Bron years. Like he's not in his prime, but to be at this age and still performing this high. He don't have that many years left. Like I know we right. we like to, you know, think, oh my gosh, year 21. He's unstopped. At some point, it's gonna have to it's gonna have to yeah. slow down. 
at some point. So I think like that window is so small and is huge, huge, huge that, you know, from the play-in to get to the Western Conference. But a top four, top five seed would probably be a little bit better this year. It would right. <laughs> make things a little bit easier yeah. to not have to do that. And I think they was tired by the time that came to that point against the Denver team outside of the Timberwolves was just cruising. Like, right. It was a lot. Now, looking at it, what do you think of LeBron's time since he's been there? To your point of X Twitter, you saw the different viewpoints like, yo, LeBron hasn't been successful with Los Angeles because it's only one ring. Mm. Are you of the same mindset being that, you know, Lakers is all about championship, 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 and yeah. he only has one? Uh no, I'm 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 not of that that train of thought. I think it's been a success. Uh, I think it will be a success because you're talking about a team that their last championship before he got there was in 2010, right? And then they then the last three years of Kobe, I think it was two two early playoff losses, and then they didn't make the playoffs after that. 17 games they won the last year. Kobe played the 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 farewell tour. Um. You got the baby bull. You had not the baby bulls. The baby Lakers. I think the most they won was like thirty-five games. Bron shows up the next year in in twenty nineteen. They're in playoff contention. I think right around the All Star break. And then he got he had like a hip injury, right? And then he missed most of the last most of the rest of the season. So the next year, I think was bubble, right? And then they they win the the Mickey Mouse ring. I think they call it. So um, if he's healthy, when he's been healthy, they've been they've contended. Uh, and I'm I'm of the mindset that the bubble was probably the toughest circumstances you can win a championship under. Not because like a home court advantage or anything like that wasn't in play, but just just think about it, right? Like none of us living have ever gone through a pandemic before. I don't I don't think I'm not a history buff, but I'm I'm pretty sure nobody's ever been living has ever been through it before. So you're talking about being isolated, you know, in Orlando for or wherever they were for however however long it was, like just the kind of mental stuff you got to go through to keep yourself locked in. Um, and they had to test, like every time they left their room, they had to test. It was, I, I couldn't have done it. So I think the fact that they were able to win, I think that's that's significant. That is not a, you don't need to put an asterisk next to the, the championship in 2020. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think Bron's, Stent in LA has been a success from a team standpoint and a personal standpoint. They've won like 233 games while he's been there, only lost 197. Uh, again, when he when he hasn't been hurt for an extended period of time, they've been in the playoffs and they've they've contended. I think other than that, they got they lost uh, Phoenix that that one year. Can't remember what year it was off the top of my head when Braun was <laughs> when he had a post and Drummond was Drummond was mimicking him on the bench. Um, so yeah, I think I I I don't know how you can't say I don't know how you can say it hasn't been a success when you the perp the reason why they traded all those young players for LeBron or excuse me for AD was to win a championship and they did it. Yeah, you always want more, but I mean one in one in six years I don't think is pretty bad considering how many teams don't have any <laughs> like ever. So uh, yeah, I think I think it's been a success. I don't know how it ends. I don't know if he gets one more. West is tough. Uh, it's probably going to come down to seedings and matchup and who's healthy and who's who's not. Um, I think this year 
depending upon if they make a trade, who they get, I think could be maybe one of their best chances. Considering, like you said, there's the drop off is bound to happen at some point for him individually. But um, yeah, I think I think it's been a success. Yeah, I think to your point too, though these type of conversations should on threads and within the right community because the conversation on Twitter before threads came about about LeBron's tenure in LA was very either up here. Like, oh, LeBron, everything yeah. he did was right, or it was down here, like, yo, he sucks. He only got one ring, this, that, and the third. And people got to yeah. remember, though, since his time being with the Lakers, the West ain't been no cakewalk. It hasn't. Right. This, yeah. is, this is through Steph and the Warriors, Nikola Jokic and his rise with Denver, Sacramento young team, OKC balling this year. It's been, it's not like when he was in the East. Respectfully yeah. to that time where it was 10 straight finals, this is completely, completely different. And I think in general, to your point with the Lakers-Cowboys comparison, it's the same with Bron. Yeah. Bron is just such a – either you hate him or you love him. Right. And all for the conversation of the mj Bron goat conversation. If you like Bron, you hate MJ. If you yeah. like MJ, you hate Bron. Yeah. Yeah. That um, and I'm glad that conversation hasn't really come up on threads. I think somebody may have tried to, but I don't think it went anywhere, uh, thankfully. And I, I think it's to the point now where like you've made your decision, right? <laughs> right? Like you're either it's either Jabron for you, or it's or it's Jordan for you, or in the case of my cousin, it's Kareem Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> like you've made your decision at this point. Bron's only gonna break more records right he's got like most of the big ones and he's only gonna he's only gonna pad those essentially right so if at this point seeing what he's done and not just like the accumulation but just like the moments like the streaks like you said 10 straight finals um even even before he won what he did against detroit when he scored like what was it like 17 something straight in the in the fourth had tayshaun prince like running away from running away from him so if he's not the go for you at this point, I mean, he he never will be. So, and that's fine. Like everybody gets to have their opinion. So, I I think it's, but it's still a debate that in on the right platform gets clicks. And I think that's what's at the heart of a lot of it. Uh, other than people's just natural want to argue for, for some reason, I don't know what it is. But uh, yeah, I it's 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 kind of ridiculous. But like I said, I'm, I'm happy that uh, threads. Uh, that that kind of conversation hasn't really taken off on threads. Who who's to say it won't? Right, because more people are joining every single day. But I, um, I think we've got uh, enough OGs in the in the community to try to kind of stomp that that fire out before it gets burning too too hot. Um, but yeah, that's that's definitely the kind of conversation and 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 just crap I was trying to get away from on Twitter because it was like every day and then you get the skip Bayless clips coming in him and him and Unc and Shannon going back and forth and it was entertaining right because Shannon and, and Skip were entertaining when they you know when they were still vibing with each other but it's like oh my god like can we just talk about this like <laughs> we just talk about this yesterday how many times are we gonna do this so um yeah I'm sorry I'm I, I kind of go on tangents, but yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, I, I think Bron is, has has done a lot for LA because they were in a bad place, and I don't think those young boys were really going to do anything together. Um, 
had uh, had they not traded for for AD if it had just been Bron and those boys. I mean, maybe maybe they get better, but you got to the purpose, you know, is to win a championship. And with a handful of exceptions, the best way you've done that is having stars you know, throughout the course of the throughout the history of the league. So if there's a star available, you go get it, even if that means your window, your long term window shortens a little bit um, because championship is 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 that that worth it. So them getting one at, in the first six years, uh, I think, is is really impressive, to be honest. Thinking about it, too, like I talk about this all the time with, with you know, my circle of people. Like I got a couple of coaches that I know and they one of them told me shout out to Coach Mingo. He was like, Tone, you can't talk basketball with everybody. You can't talk basketball <laughs> with everybody. You, you just can't yeah. do it. And to your point, I don't even think it would have been a problem so much. Like if it came up on threads, like you said, the OGs would stop out that fire. Yeah. But I think the community though, it would be more of a discussion in a respectful way where it's like, yo, I think MJ the GOAT because this, that, and a third. Yeah. Now MJ's the GOAT because Bron is not clutch. And then when you look at the numbers, Bron is actually clutch. Right. Like, More clutch sport. than Exactly. People who I, who I don't want to name. I don't want to bite. I don't want no stands to come for me. But <laughs> more clutch than than a couple of people most most people wouldn't believe. But um, yeah, go ahead. No, I'll say I'll say one of the names because I was I was a huge Kobe fan growing up. Right. And the way that the again sports media and sports talk every single day will portray it. Yeah. Kobe's one of the coach, the clutchest players that ever walked the face of the earth. Yeah. And then you look at the numbers, as as uh, as Unk would say, skill, skill, skill. <laughs> well, LeBron is clutch, but like that's just, that's what you're saying. Like, I like having my podcast, Lose Ball Boys, where it's like the conversation doesn't have to be like the first takes of the world, where it's always LeBron has 41 night. The next yeah. day you're talking about so LeBron to go. Yeah, <laughs> y'all bring up that conversation like two, three times a week. It's 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 disgusting. Like y'all ain't got nothing else possibly in the world of sports to talk about, oh, yeah. and to have these same old tired debates. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's a really exciting time for the league. Like OKC is the third best team in the West, and they got. They got a roster, man. Like, <laughs> and 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 a and a big old bag of draft picks to go with it. Like, Shea is playing amazing. Like, and and we shouldn't be surprised. He was first team all on NBA last year. So, um, like that's going on. Timberwolves are like legitimately good. I, I'm not gonna lie, and I know Sarah's probably gonna come for me when she if she ever sees this. But you know, they were winning. They had like ten wins. Okay, you know, eleven wins, twelve wins. I was like, all right, it's the Wolves, right? Like. You know, this 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 isn't real. Like the bottom's gonna fall out at some point. But no, after actually watching them, they finally got the Gobert cat thing figured out. Uh Conley, you know, has always been underrated, I think, and has just been a really, really good point guard. And you know, Ant is just like <laughs> I don't know what you do with Ant. <laughs> like I just like that team was just good. Like the Timberwolves are are good. And that's just not those aren't the normal headlines you hear about on like a Twitter or even with mainstream media. They've done better 
you know, here recently, as I think most people have started to figure out and pay attention, they're like, nah, Minnesota's legit. Their defense is best in the league. Um, but yeah, there's just so, I mean, but there's so many different pockets of good things happening in the league that you can find if, if, if you really look for it or care about it to be talking about who's the best player ever. <laughs> like we got all like Lucas just dropped 50. Um, and it's averaging like 30, what is it? 30, 30, 33, something, eight and eight. And something like nine and eight. Something. And I swear it's the slowest moving <laughs> dude I've ever seen play ball and dominate. Like I'm like, Oh, he's about to go right there and he'll go there. But He's still laying it up, or he's or he's spinning back and getting somebody up, and then like, I don't know how he does it. Luca is, and that's that's not hate. Like I appreciate his game like a million percent. I don't know how he does it, but I swear if he in the slowest moving dude I've ever seen dominate a, a basketball game, like I feel like Kyle Anderson moves faster than Luka Doncic, but <laughs> Luca's just Luca's just that dude. So I'm not hating. Hey, he's he's amazing. He'll probably be one of the top whatever greats when it's all said and done. But it's, that's just like, there's just so much good stuff going on in the league right now uh, to be wasting our breath on, you know, Jordan or 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 LeBron. So I'm glad, I'm glad we don't have to deal with that. On Facts. Facts. And as you mentioned earlier, student of the game, love basketball. I'm the same way. I got league pads. I'm turning it on whatever game is on. I'm, you know, on the East Coast, the seven o'clock games come on first. That's typically the Indiana Pacer games, the Nets games. Those go on first. Watching all of them. For you, if you had to choose, because now it's open. People are doing it yeah. all star voting. It was three on one for Christmas Day. You got extra votes for that. Who's your Eastern Conference starters and who's your Western Conference starters? Yeah. Um, I, I, I know. I know. It's. T- I know. Yeah, it's it is tough this year. It's a loaded across the board, east and west, especially. God bless your picks on this one. The guards. Yeah, the, the guards. Guards okay. in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, you look at any any lead or off guard starting off guard in the league, and it's like it's not off. You don't have an easy night. <laughs> like you just you just don't like the guard play in the league. It's just at another level right now. Um. I would probably go with uh, with Halliburton. I think he was my probably one of my easier picks. I think uh, he he kind of got off to a crazy start at the beginning of the year, and I think the Pacers, kind of like the Lakers, have, have kind of come down from that that in season tournament high. Um, and he's come back down to earth a little bit, but I, I still think he's he's tough uh, on on any given night, uh, especially just the way he takes care of the ball. And his his shooting percentages are just like. And it's like in another stratosphere. I, I don't know, with, especially with such a hitch in the shot. I just, yeah, I don't know. Um, it looks like his shot looks like when your 2K glitches when you're playing online, like somebody pulls the Ethernet, like your opponent <laughs> pulls the Ethernet cable out, the game freezes. Like that's what it looks like when he shoots. But I mean, he's not he's not hitting the rim on these things. Like they're just literally just dropping in. So um, shout out to Tyrese. So yeah, Tyrese Halliburton. The one I really struggled with was the other guard position, the other backcourt, because my heart, because <laughs> I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna be dramatic. My heart wanted me to pick Brunson, but I feel like Maxi's just had a really good year, just because the way his usage has increased, but his efficiency I think has actually gone up. Like usually you don't, you know, usually the 
the efficiency goes like this when the usage goes like this. So, I mean, you could really go either way, I think, with those two. Um, but I went, I went with 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 Tyrese Maxey as the other other uh, other guard. So the the backcourt of the Tyrese's. Um, other than that, Giannis, um, Embiid, and, and Tatum, I think, are all pretty pretty solid and I guess obvious choices. But um, yeah, that uh, the guard position was was tough. There's a lot, like you said, there's a lot of good guards out there. So, but that would be my my East. Did you ask me about West? Do I need to give you yeah. my West? West, um, this is tough because I don't know if like Luke is a guard. I guess most people would categorize Luke as a guard, but he's like six eight, six seven, like two. <laughs> right, like yeah, he's a tank. He's a tank. Yeah, he's probably way more than than what they list him at. But um, I'm I'm for the sake of this, and it made my picks a little easier. Uh, make me easier to live with myself. I, don't, I consider him a, a forward, right? Now, that might be blasphemous. I know people probably say he's a guard, whatever. Make your own picks. So, uh, I like Shea. Shea Gilgis, right? I mean, SGA is he's box office. I'm going to get the legacy pick, Steph Curry. I think his numbers have come down a little bit from earlier in the year, but um, he's had to carry a whole lot. Like I think more so this year than than any other year before, where he hasn't gotten hurt and missed a large stretch of the season. You know, Clay was struggling early on. He's been playing a lot better lately. Wiggins was struggling. Um, Chris Paul really isn't. Chris Paul still has impact, right? But he's not like you know Chris Paul of three four years ago. So you know, Draymond's been in and out of the lineup. So the fact that they're you know they've just gone up there, they they just had their streak stop uh, against Denver yesterday, but they they won like five straight. I think for them to be where they are. They got the new. They got Kaminga and Pods playing more, so I think that that, I think that elevates their outlook a little bit. To be honest, because they've been playing really well. I think Kerr started has figured out some lineups uh, that he was kind of searching for earlier in the, in the year, and Clay playing better. I think helps helps a lot of that. He's looked more like Clay lately, especially on the offensive end. Um, so all that kind of considered, you know, and it's Steph. Like who, who don't like Steph? So I, I put Steph as my other my other guard. Uh, Luca would be my uh, one of my forwards. Braun, of course, forty-five years old and averaging twenty-five, twenty-five, seven and seven. Um, and shooting. A crazy thing about LeBron, I was looking the other day. Somebody else had posted this, and I think some one of the ner- stat nerds on on Threads confirmed it. But like th- he's shooting better from three this year than at any point yeah. in, his, in his crazy. I think he's at like 41% um, or 40. It's like something crazy like that. And if you look at his LA numbers, they're better than his career numbers, <laughs> which is, I don't know. I don't want you to say, like, I, I kind of run out of ways to describe how I feel about LeBron James, a basketball player. Cause he's just doing stuff that like we've never seen before. Um, and he doesn't really look, I mean, the the lift isn't there. The explosiveness isn't really, it's there in like very small spurts. Um, and he's definitely more human now than he's ever been. But like, he's still able to dominate a basketball game. Like the other night against OKC, he scored like 15 of the last 18 points of the game. Like at 38. <laughs> just, so anyway, I don't know how you don't put him in your lineup. So LeBron and then, uh, you know, Jokic. So those are my uh, those are my starters. Solid list right there. I don't got no disagreements. I do want to point out for those that's watching, Embiid 
definitely has to be in that MVP conversation. His yeah. stats have gone up from last year when he won to this year. More points, the shoot percentage is better. He's getting more rebounds, which is what I've always begged yeah. to do. You're too big. You should be averaging at least 10, 11 boards. He's doing that this year. They're still a top three, top four team without Harton. And like you said, Maxi, that's wild. Yeah. You're getting the ball more. The ball's right. in your hand more, and you're more efficient. Right. That typically <laughs> don't happen. You yeah. don't take more shots, and then your percentages go up. Right. <laughs> it's kind of like, hey, we should have got James out of here a little bit sooner. <laughs> right. Yeah, I got it. Well, you're too late. Um, yeah. They, like I, you said, the storylines, they figured it out over there in Clipperland, which I ultimately don't think is going to work because they're too small. Yeah. But they figured something out. Yeah, I, you know, I live a good life. Um, I'm married. My my wife and I are both healthy. We got three beautiful young girls. Um, and I've accomplished a number of things. I'm 36 years old. But when I tell you the best time of my life, <laughs> was like those two weeks when the Clippers were booty. Oh my God, it was. It was fantastic. <laughs> like, I I tell you, man, hey, we could Lakers could have lost. I like I don't care. The Clippers still suck, right? <laughs> but now, like you said, man, they they put it together. It was like nine, eight. They were hey, won like eight straight, I think, before they lost the other night. Yeah, they um, like eight out. They won the last nine out of eleven, I believe. Something. Yeah. And Kawhi looks. Why look like he back to himself? Now he's been out the last couple of games, and that's been those right. losses. But when he was playing, at that point, he played like every game of the year. And I'm like, if Kawhi's doing that, yeah, that's scary for the league because it's just been it's literally just been with Kawhi. How many games are we going to see him? That's yeah. literally all it's been with Kawhi. Yeah, and, I think I think they're at their best when they feature when Paul George is like the guy when it, when things run through him, um, run first. But uh, yeah, they've. I mean, you got like I kind of knew it, it would. It wasn't a matter of if it was win, right? Like they're gonna they they got too much talent to not win games in a league where just sometimes talent it just matters more than than sometimes anything else. But um, yeah, I, I think they are small when they when they go with with uh, when they try to close with like Zubac, uh, either Terrence Mann or Russ, uh, James Harden, and then um, or Harden, excuse me, Paul and and Kawhi. I do think they get kind of small. Um, and then when Russ and Harden are on the floor, this is just like defense is just like abysmal. <laughs> it's just like, it's just like, all right, here, you want to go? All right, there's a lane. Just go. Just go on so I can take the ball out and we go back the other. Like, it's just, it's just bad. Um, which really, if you think about it, doesn't, it's really inexcusable considering how long they've been in the league. Like, like y'all got no better on defense. <laughs> like, you had all these years and you still like just, just Olay defense all over the place, but um, I didn't mean to cut you off. But yeah, I think uh, Kawhi's look good. It's it's I'm actually happy to see him back playing. You know, after after being injured, you know, so many of the last few years, um, it's nice to see them see them playing well. Uh, I don't like to see it when they play the Lakers. I know they haven't played yet this year, but uh, oh uh, yeah, anytime they're not playing the Lakers, it's it's cool to see them all doing well because I like all of them individually. You know, obviously I like Tyloo, um. You know, it's it's hard to go from 
he's had to coach some teams, man. <laughs> you think about those Cavs teams, uh, just just managing LeBron at like the height of LeBron, right? And um, I think the fact that they were able to to get that one is is great. So he it's cool to see his kind of his ascension as just like some little bench dude <laughs> who got stepped over by Iverson in in two thousand one. A, a pretty same career if you if you look at it and then to to move into coaching you know i think i think he came up under doc rivers so yeah it was uh it's uh those the clippers are nice it'll be interesting to see what they look like come playoff time all right we got one more question before we transition to the fourth quarter segment for those that seen it before you already know for those that don't Fourth quarter segment. That's how we end off the show with some more fun questions, rapid fire, get to know the person, yeah. the guest even the more. Last question. We talked about it on threads, which I love. I love, and I know you love it too because you have three daughters, but I have three sisters. I've coached it. I've recruited for it. Women's basketball. Yeah. WNBA, Indiana Fever have the first pick. You're the GM, you're the owner, you're in that room, and they're like, hey, hey, Dave, who should we take number one? Who are you taking number one overall? I think it just kind of it has to be Caitlin Clark, right? <laughs> I mean, and that's no disrespect, right? And um, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm as familiar with WNBA uh, or women's college. I actually don't really pay that much attention to men's or women's college basketball. Um, with so much just life, there's really only one sport I can really like dedicate my time to, and that's, that's the NBA. Um, but uh, I definitely want to make more of an effort to to be as knowledgeable about the WNBA and the players and the teams and stuff as um, as I am with the NBA. And um, the game the game has I think has seen uh, has made some really really good progress just in terms of overall interest. I think here within the last few years too. So, um, but I, it's, I don't know. I just feel like it has to be Kaylin. Assuming she's there, right? Like if if she's available, um, I mean, you think you got the the ability to pair her with the person who won Player of the Year before her in the League of Boston? Like you put them together, like I feel like you're automatically contending because uh, Caitlin is <laughs> like Caitlin, like she came down. I don't know who they were playing the other night. She came down off transition, I think, on the left side of the court. And gave like an in, in and out dribble, like a head fake, and then did a step back, right. and then from like <laughs> like twenty, like I was, I was like I, I, I got seen enough. Like I really like that's just is she's just crazy. Uh, Thirty points, seven rebounds, seven assists, splits are crazy. Um, I think she's uh, what is it forty? She's almost at fifty percent, I think, from the field, thirty nine from three, like. She just got it, and they played. I can't remember who it was. They played here in Charlotte uh, at you know the beginning of the season, and they filled out the arena. Like the Hornets don't even fill the arena out. Like you, like you, you go to the Hornets, like you get nosebleeds on Hornets. You can like kind of walk down almost the court side. Nobody's there, so they came through, and like Charlotte was crazy that night. Um, and she's like that big of a draw, and. I think if she's there, just from a from a talent standpoint, and then like an economical standpoint, right? Like what it what her presence on your team means from a business side. Um, I think you kind of have to go with her if if she's there. Um, so that would that would be my pick. Which 
a lot of people probably be like, oh, duh, it's Caitlin Clark. But like sometimes when it's obvious, it's obvious for a reason, right? Like I don't need to reinvent the wheel. Like she's, you know, probably the best player in women's college basketball. So just make it they, easy. Somebody posted on threads and I think I saved it. They were saying even like her shooting splits is a little bit better than Steph Curry's they were saying at, at one point. Cause I'm like, Caitlin Clark. I think that would be great for Indiana, like the economic aspect too. You got the yep. kids are playing way, playing well now. Tyrese, Miles Turner, and them boys, they actually balling. And yep. then you have the women's side doing it too. That would be huge. I do want to shout out, she's not eligible, which for those that's watching, y'all can let me know in the comments on YouTube and everything. I think the WNBA should allow players just like an NBA to come back, come into the league after a year or two. Because mm. Juju Watkins, Juju Watkins, she, she had a span of like seven straight 30-point games. Juju might be ready right now. <laughs> the, way she, yeah. the way she killing it, Juju might be ready right now. But Caitlin Clark, definitely. That's the number one overall pick. Don't overthink it. Hopefully she comes out. The thing is, because of how great she is in her NIL, she don't even got to come out. Yeah. But hopefully she does come out. I think it'll be great for the league. Fourth quarter. What is we ask every single guest? Okay. What is your favorite meal? What's your meal to go? Your favorite thing. My favorite meal. I don't know why I'm sitting there acting surprised like you didn't. <laughs> I swear I forgot about this question. I sure I, I was like, man, that sounds familiar. I was like, oh yeah, you you told me you were gonna ask me this. Um damn. I'll be honest. Uh, my wife can cook, man. Like there are very few meals she's cooked where I haven't felt like it's the best the thing that she's ever made. So really, if my wife is cooking, it's it's my favorite meal. Um, that's kind of a bit of a cop out. But my other option is it, it doesn't do well for the stereotypes. But uh, when I was growing up, my mom's fried chicken, mac and cheese. <laughs> Mashed potatoes, like I'm saying, like I, it's good. You know what I'm saying. My mom can cook, so you know it's not good for the stereotype, but it's true. Sometimes stereotypes exist because it's true. So uh, that would be that would be my my second answer if if I couldn't choose whatever my wife's cooking. But not nah, Jess is phenomenal. If she wanted to be, if she really wanted to get into like culinary stuff and become a chef, she could, but. She she doesn't like to uh she likes to keep her passions and her hobbies separate from like mm. livelihood, right? She doesn't want to have to rely on cooking to because that'll kind of take the joy out of it. So um yeah, that would that would be my answer. So shout out to your wife too. I listened to one of the episodes and it, I saw it like happening to me in real life when she mm. was talking about uh, you know, a lot of people sometimes be like saying, Oh, he's a good dad, he's a good dad, it'd be the bare minimum. I be seeing that on the rag. Like I saw, I, I thought yeah. about it. Like I'm walking around, I'm just walking my son to the bathroom. It's yeah, just, just normal stuff. He need his pamper chain. Gosh, <laughs> wow, you're a great. I'm like thanks. I think you know. I think on some level it needs to be said. You know, yeah. sort of appreciation, words of affirmation. But right, come on, like yeah. The, the funniest thing. Time. All we do is insert. They didn't got to carry for nine months. They got to go through morning sickness, and we just be sitting back, chilling, supporting. 
Like, like you feel me? They go through a whole lot more. I'm I'm so glad God made me a male. Yeah. I couldn't be, I couldn't. I yeah. couldn't do it. Absolutely. Hands hands down. And the funniest thing about that episode is um we naturally take counterpoints, I think, just for the just for the, the enjoyment of like debating one another. But she's actually right. And and I didn't notice it until after we had that conversation. So uh I take my girls out once a month. We haven't done it the last couple of months because because everybody's been sick, but I'll take them out to breakfast once a month. It's daddy daughter breakfast. Um, so I'll go out, you know, with all three girls. So we go to the same spot just to make it easy and they're kind of familiar with us. So uh it makes everything kind of seamless. They know what we need when they when they see us coming. Um and I, I'll be damned every time I go in there, <laughs> I get taps on the shoulders and you know, thumbs up and um, you know, old old black ladies coming up, like oh, I, I really appreciate what you're doing now. <laughs> it's like thanks. I'm just eating breakfast with, with my children. But you know, <laughs> I guess I'm doing something like yeah, me really feeling accomplished, man. Like yeah. I'm I'm doing something in life. But I'm like, wait a minute, I'm just out here eating with my with my kids. So yeah, no, she definitely had uh, a great point. And I think from a societal standpoint, I, I think we could do a much better job. Even like, like put dads like dads aside, like forget dads. I, I think we could do a better job of just having we'll never have we'll never empath be able to empathize with women and moms. Uh, but I think we could like listen and sympathize and realize that like even if it's just one mom with one newborn in the stroller going into the, the grocery store, postpartum is a you know what, like you don't know what she's been through that day <laughs> from the time she woke up. So just putting that baby in the stroller, going into the uh, going into the store. So, yeah, women. My, my wife is my superhero, man. I, I I say it every day. She's she's just pound for pound. She's the toughest person I've ever met in my life. Uh, she's been through some things uh, personally, emotionally, physically. Childbirth three times. One time without med like without uh you know the medicine they give you to like for the pain. Like she just toughed it out. <laughs> like she's just. She's, I don't know. She, I, man, look, I'm not start. Let me stop because I'm gonna start. I'm, I'm gonna go off on a whole another, <laughs> whole another topic. But man, my, my wife is incredible. But no, for for sure, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, we could do better as a society, giving mom props and, you know, kind of raise the bar for dads a little bit. I think. <clears throat> Again, check out Rush Vibes and shout out to both our wives. My wife, I, my first one, but I'm literally like, yo. I couldn't if I had to do this by myself. Yeah. Shout out to the single parents, but if I had to do this by myself, yeah. Without my, mm, yeah, it's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. Yeah. Now you mentioned it. You, you whiskey, bourbon, cigars. Give me your favorite bourbon. Give me your favorite whiskey. Um, I really like Woodford Reserve. Um, that was like the first like spirit i really got into uh i haven't always been a um, consumer of of alcohol and, and and tobacco it started right about a little bit before the pandemic but that's kind of when it when it took off like my first drink ever i was actually 21 <laughs> it's such a loser man like waiting until actually waiting until 21 to drink um i was 21 and it was like a bud light like that was that was my first drink and i pretty much kept it around beer for the most part occasionally but my wife like loves spirits like she's she's into cocktails and mocktails even though it's you know like just like everything about the spirits business that's that's her that's her passion so when i met her i i really started sort of expanding a little bit 
Um, but really landed on on whiskey and and bourbon around 2020 when I really got into cigars because they pair so well together. So Woodford is is my favorite just because it's it's great in any environment. Like if you want to uh, you want to make an old fashioned, it's a great base. If you just want to sip it cold, you know you could drop a couple cubes in there and you can sip it. Or if you just want it neat, it, it tastes great no matter how it's presented. Uh, and that, that's the case for some other ones, but that was kind of my first, so I'm a little impartial to it. Um, so definitely Woodford. For cigars, like I, I say this um, to my mom, and my uh, I said this to my mom the other day, or yesterday, because my nephew had bought me some cigars for Christmas, and he's always like paranoid. He's like, well, I don't know, you know, because, you know, you're really into it. I don't know if this was the one for you or whatever. And I just told him, I was like, yo, if it lights, it's good. <laughs> like, as long as it lights up, I was smoking it. So um, I'll smoke any any kind of cigar, but um, probably my favorite uh, lab, uh, uh, producers uh, would probably be uh, Perdomo, uh, Caldwell Cigars, and uh, Foundation Cigars. So... I don't know anybody who anybody who's into cigars who hears that they kind of know they kind of know what I'm talking about, but I can't pick just one singular cigar because okay. I, I I enjoy all of them and I, and I smoke a lot of them, <laughs> so um, yeah, it's hard for me to pick just one. But those those are probably my my three favorite favorite brands that I smoke. Yeah, funny story. So growing up, right with cigars, my pops would always say stuff like yo. Uh, for celebration, we're going to go get a cigar. We're going to go do this. We're going to get a cigar. Oh, baby's born. We're going to go get a cigar, right? Yeah. So I watched a lot. I liked uh, Carmelo more so off the court. The fashion mm-hmm. sense. He's in the cigars heavy. So I'm like, between my pops and Melo, I'm going to go try cigars. So the first time I ever had cigars, I had a couple times having cigars. My pops see on Instagram. He's like, oh, you got a cigar? I'm like, yeah, we got to light one up one time, right? So we in person. <laughs> He's like, yeah, so what do you do? Like, how do you hold it? Like, I'm like, what are you talking about? You've talked about cigars like my whole life. <laughs> I, actually never, I actually never smoked one. Oh, you know, man. You the reason why I even started and you've never smoked one? He's like, nah, I just saw that they did it. Like, for celebratory, they always had a cigar in their mouth. I said, pops, hey, hey, yo. Like, oh, that's, that's funny. Funny that's story. That's my funny story with cigars. Like, I'm not as I'm not as of an expertise as you, but yeah, that was my funny story. I got into it literally because of my pops, who never smoked yeah. one to this day, still hasn't smoked one. And because I saw Mello, I liked his his fashion sense and yeah. his, how he carried himself off the court and whatnot. So that's that's my cigar story right there. Yeah. Cigars are cool because um, it's it's like an experience every time you you smoke one. Right. Like it's not like a cigarette. No disrespect to cigarette smokers. Oh, I'm joints is nasty. I'm just going to say it. But um, like you can just, you know, go out anywhere to smoke. Like when you smoke a cigar, you have to commit to it. Right. Because you don't can't you don't they don't taste as good. The experience isn't as good if you have to relight it. So whatever kind of length you pick, you got to make sure that you got the time to a lot to actually smoking and then when you talk about pairing it with a spirit right you got to get the right the right spirit to bring out the right notes to make the pairing um you know make the pairing perfect if you go out right like it's just i i that's what really um appealed to me was just how 
great the experience of a cigar is and really the experience that happens around it, especially if you go out to a lounge. Most cigar lounges are like like barbershops, right? Like, yeah, come, come in the house. We're talking about whatever. Um, or if you just want to kind of sit to yourself and do your own thing, just, you know, browse the phone. That's that's cool, too. But, um, yeah, I, I love it. And um, like I said, I, I indulge in it probably more than than I should which I hear about from, I hear about regularly. It's like, are you smoking another cigar? But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I love cigars, but yeah, most, most of the experience is what kind of pulled me in. Um, so I, I hope that that's everybody's, uh, experience that they, they really enjoy all the different pieces that go into having a cigar. It's not just as simple as sitting down, cutting and lighting. <clears throat> now we, you know, for those that's watching and listening, you know, Dave asked me before, like, how long the episodes typically are. I told him a certain time frame. That time frame, we're over. Oh, we're so, over. <laughs> I'm it's, not it's probably my fault. I'm sorry. I, I, no, I, I have no problem. Okay. I don't want to take up too much of your time. No, I'm no, no. Good. I'm fine. I'm good. So I want to ask... Two questions and we ended off the show. For those that's watching it, make sure y'all go check out Rush Vibes. Make sure that you subscribe to this. Share it. You can share it with your baby mother you don't talk to anymore. Your uncle, your cousin, we don't care. Share it with everybody. Give me, if you were the GM, right? Because we, we talk about it on threads and everybody's voting for them to end the shriek, hopefully tonight, so they don't have the record. Who they play? Who they play tonight? Nets. They're back with the Nets. Oh, uh, okay. That could happen. Maybe. What would you do to like fix the Pistons? Because I think it's such a bad 26 games losing straight. Yeah. I don't know if they know how to win right now. So I don't mm. know if the streak actually ends. Like, mm. I think I was the only person on threads really was like, nah, they're going to lose. They're going to get 26. It's going <laughs> to be 26. I'm not rooting for them to lose, but yeah, I that much losing, it can't be good. Yeah, I think the fact that they couldn't beat Utah without like Markinen, um, Horton Tucker, Clarkson was out. Clarkson was out too. Um, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> That's just that was bad. Um, <clears throat> what would I do? Uh, I think the first thing, which it might actually, people be like, "What are you talking about?" I wouldn't panic. Cause you already suck, right? <laughs> like, let's just let's just be real. So it's not like there's pressure to not suck because you you do. Um, man, you know, I, I probably could have used cleaner language. You know, they they try hard. <laughs> the Pistons <laughs> try hard, but I mean, you kind of you you are what you are at this point. Uh, so I think from here, it's it's about development, right? You've got Cade, uh, you've got Ivy, you've got Thompson, you've got beef stew you've got Duran, who hopefully he's not going to be he's not going to have an injury riddled career you've got sasser so i think it's really about not panicking i mean you want to break the record right i mean you want to stop the streak nobody wants to to beat this is not the kind of record you want to set um so whatever i mean that's why you pay monty williams like the second or most ever for a coach in the history of the game right because part of coaching is motivating you got to find some way to reach down deep and keep those guys going night in and night out. Um, and maybe he's the guy for that. Maybe he isn't. Who knows? But I want to see Monty do well. So um, 
I, I hope he's he's got that in him. But yeah, I, I wouldn't panic. I would still continue to assess, look what's available uh, on the trade market. But it has to make sense. I like I know they have a long term vision. <clears throat> I don't know what it is, but you don't accumulate all these young assets. Some of them uh, high draft picks that haven't exactly worked out. So you're kind of giving them a second chance. You don't make those kind of moves if you're not if you don't have like a three, four, five, six year plan, right? <clears throat> um. But I would just continue to assess, make, you know, maybe see what's out there. You know, you're not going to you're not going to make a trade that's going to immediately make you a contender overnight. So you got to be really careful with your salary cap um, and and things for the in your your financial flexibility going forward. So that would be my first thing. My second thing is I would make sure like not even for one minute. I don't care if it's a blowout. I would not play Killian Hayes. Uh, a Sora Thompson with Kate Cunningham because there's absolutely no space <laughs> to do anything. Because if I see those two on the court, I'm just, I'm, I'm literally just, I'm turning my back and I'm just looking at what Kate's doing because they can't, they're, it's just, they're not shooting. They can't shoot well. Um, a Sora's got a bit of an excuse because he's so raw and he's young and his strengths are on the other side, I think, of the ball. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I would stop playing them at all together. Um, and I think they've done that recently. I think they put Ivy in the lineup, uh, which I think has worked out a little bit better for them from an offensive standpoint. Um, and they're, they're working Bog, uh, Bogdanovich back into the, back into the lineup, but I would probably try to, uh, I would try to trade him Bogdanovich. That would probably be my third thing because, you know, he doesn't really serve much of a purpose on this team. Um, and you can pretty much treat his contract like an expiring. I think he's got 20 million this year. And then, He's on the hook for 19 next year, but I think it's partially guaranteed. So you might be able to get something for that. And he he can help a contender for sure. Like that would be a great pickup for somebody, a sneaky good pickup for somebody. And 20 million at this point is, is almost a bargain. Uh, you got cats making 50 million, which is insane to me. No, hey, I'm not pocket watch. I'm just saying like just – where salaries have been since I've been exposed to the NBA to where they are now is just crazy, but I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy anytime somebody gets paid as long as it's legal. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, those are probably the things I would do. I don't think there's any, there's no quick fix. So you just got to continue to try to motivate, develop, and then see different ways that you can make the team better without kind of blowing up your salary cap going forward. Hey, if you don't follow your rush, that is right there. If you don't follow him, on threads, you should because look at the look at the knowledge that he just dropped right there. He just knows off the top of his head what Bogey's contract is like. That's that's what you're going to get when you check in with him. He's a student of the game. He loves this game. Like he just is like twenty on this one, and next year is nineteen, partially guaranteed. Yeah. You don't get that. Y'all be tuning in to Sports Center. You getting it right here, right here. If you just go follow him on thread, you can get that anytime you want. Last question before we get you out of here. You know I got to ask, being that you a Lakers fan, you been a Lakers fan for a minute. Who would you say are your top five Lakers? Of all time, right? All time. Uh, in no particular order. Um, I have to go Magic. Uh, Kobe. Rest in peace. Uh, LeBron. 
I, you know, this is another one you sent me ahead of time. I, I couldn't, I couldn't settle on this one. The last two are killing me. Um, not because, not, not because there aren't names to pick, but because it's like, I got to pick, I got to pick out of like, you know, eligible people. I would Shaq and Kareem, I would say. Like, I, I feel like that's a really safe top five. Uh, multiple, multiple championships between, between all of them. But, Man, I don't. I I, I I drafted like tried to come up with like three or four different lineups, but I always ended up with that with so at least the first three, um, and then the last two. It was like it's hard to not. Shaq was just so dominant, and then Kareem, all the work, the body of work he put together. So those would, yeah, those would be my, those would be my five. But you're not. Are you? Are you not? And this, I don't mean to come over and take over the podcast, but you're not going to ask me the the top five sports moments. Because that was what I was looking forward to. <laughs> I know most people don't come on a podcast in which they're being interviewed and ask for certain questions, but I just, I really, want, I really wanted to talk about it. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you said it because I definitely, I added that, I added that one on like probably today. And I totally forgot that I added that to the, to the list yeah. of questions. So yeah, that's what we'll end off with. Your top okay. five sports moments. For 20, for yeah. uh, this was so fun because I really only hone in on the NBA. Now you hear things, right? Like, um, like uh, just by scrolling Twitter, you'll see a, a, a headline, or by scrolling threads, you'll see a, a, <clears throat> a headline, or you hear people talking about stuff. But I don't really like intentionally sit down and look at NFL news or look at college basketball news uh, or look at MLB news. So this is really something I had to like sit back and think like what are what storylines have I heard this year? And this is also in no particular order, but um the Miami Dolphins hung 70 points on <laughs> the Denver Broncos. And this was like weeks ago. If you think about it, it was this season, right? Like um 70 points in a professional football game is crazy. Like your defense is like everybody should have been <laughs> everybody should on the defense side should have been fired. Coordinator, ball boy, assistant, whatever. Like everybody should have been gone. 70 points. That's crazy. Um, and then uh what was it? L- LSU versus Iowa, the women's championship game. Had Caitlin Clark and Angel Reese with the, you know what I'm saying? That was crazy. That was that was really. And I don't know if it was so much the game or the drama that came that came after it <laughs> that I really enjoyed. It's probably the drama, which means I'm toxic. But um, <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was great. Denver Nuggets winning the championship, of course, NBA championship. Uh, not to be confused with the world's world <laughs> world champions, if you ask. Uh, what's his face? Um, because I don't know that I ever like. I knew Denver was good, right? Uh, and like you said, they sort of struggled with Minnesota, but didn't really didn't really have trouble with anybody else. I was like, are they really about to win this thing? Like, because every year you like leading up every year for like the last maybe four, th- three to four years, you're oh Denver's gonna be really good. Like Denver, they they got some young pieces. They're gonna be, they got Michael Porter Jr. They got Murray. Like you hear that every year, and then they just wouldn't do anything. So I was like, Denver, not, I don't know. Denver's not about to win this thing. Those boys, are t- those boys are legit. So, um, yeah, shout out, shout out to the Nuggets because I know everybody's everybody's talking about Boston right now and 
Minnesota looks good, but Denver's still the champs till somebody beats them. And um, they they don't look like they've had much drop off, even though they lost Bruce Brown. So um, so that's number that's three, right? That's number three. Yeah. Um, Carrie Richardson, the uh, uh, certifying herself as the world's fastest woman at the U.S. Championships. I think she ran a ten. 10.82 in the 100 meter dash uh and then she dropped the she dropped the bar she said i'm not back i'm better so that's a bittersweet moment for me because <laughs> when i remember when she first came out and she had the hair she had the she had the nails and she was she was balling and then the jamaicans humbled her she wouldn't stop she wouldn't stop talking like she kept talking even though she were like yo you just got <laughs> you just got like they walked the dog on you like literally um <laughs> But she kept like she kept talking. So me and my wife, we were like, "Yo, we're out. We can't. <laughs> we gotta. We gotta. We gotta. We gotta put some separation between us and our Shakari uh, uh, fandom." But then she came. She went quiet for a little bit. Then she came back and she was she was balling. So I had to eat crow. Uh, I think we even talked about it on one of our our, our recent podcasts. But um, I'm definitely happy and proud of her because you know that was some adversity she had to face because she did get beat pretty pretty badly. Uh, but to come back and then then win and, and certify yourself as the fastest woman in the world, I think is that's big time. So number five is, uh, <laughs> it's really not, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just going to apologize ahead of time, but I couldn't not mention this, but Draymond Green putting Rudy Gay in, in that show was by far. I know I said no particular order, but that's, that's gotta be number one for me because it happened like 30 seconds into the game. And Draymond just like that was an experience on threads. Like we talked about that thing for what, like a week, I think. Oh my gosh. But it was it was great. It was fantastic. Like I hate I didn't see it live. I think we were out somewhere. And we came home because my wife, she she does like to watch the Warriors. Um if if the Celtics aren't playing. So we turned in. I think no, I actually think we were watching another game. And then I saw my threads. I'm like, yo, what is so we turned over to the Warriors. And that's how quick it was because by the time we got to the game, it was it was over. So I actually learned what happened on threads because so many so many uh, people were posting the video, and then of course the memes started flying. And I was like, "Yo, this dude ran across the court. <laughs> he didn't try to hit nobody else. <laughs> there were like three wolves around um, around Clay. He went straight at Rudy and put my man in a headlock for like no reason. <laughs> it's." I ain't never in my life on a basketball court thought I'm gonna go put this dude in a chokehold. <laughs> like you got to go to a different place, man. You got I don't know where he went, and I hopefully I never find out. But he, like I said, that was an that night was that night was an experience. So that's probably um, probably shouldn't be on the list because everything else has been like broken records. <laughs> I'm talking about a meme, but no, that was that was uh, that was great. That was must see TV. Man, it was so shocking. I was watching it live. I couldn't even like I couldn't even go post on threads quick enough. I'm like, there's no way. Like literally, it was like bang, 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 bang. Clay, his jersey getting ripped, and then out of nowhere, out of the not even in the camera screen. Right of the NBA game, you see him come into the camera, sprint, all out sprint, 
and choke Rudy Gobert with his teammates around watching. Yeah, it was it was crazy. Afterwards, we got fighting a lot for me. Ant Man, I want to smoke with you. Mike, like, why y'all all just sitting here watching cat? Y'all didn't attempt to pull this man off of me. Yeah. Nah, I'm after that. I, I'm late. Yo, we about to go on a losing streak because there's no way. Like, that's got to mess up team chemistry. Yeah. But him, Nurkic, they all just like basically, like Nurkic said, that brother need hope. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, hope, I hope he gets it too. Like, like I saw what Shaq said. And I think there's very clearly, even if it's not like, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to get too into it, but even if it's not like something like a disorder or something that's treatable, like I think he just has any, like anger management issues clearly. Cause he just, he doesn't have the ability to kind of stop. Right. It's just, he's either under control or he's peaked Draymond. So uh, whatever they have him doing, I hope one, he takes it with like, he takes it seriously and goes through it with, with sincerity. And um, I hope it, I just hope it works because he is, a great basketball player and he's even he's an even greater basketball player for that team because of the schemes and everything and just the way he kind of fits into what they do and just when you talk about defensively he's not at his peak anymore but he's still like Draymond Green makes a lot of the plays that don't show up on on like highlights but you look at the film and you see him cover like four different players in one possession <laughs> like wait a minute like just like literally there are plays where you can just watch Draymond and he will span the entire floor. And like a lot of people, some people call them casuals. Um, I'll say people who don't really, you know, watch the game intimately will miss that. Like you don't, you're not, you're not trained as a consumer to look for that. You're taught to look for the dunks and the three pointers and, you know, you know, crossing somebody or dropping somebody, you know, the old moments, but like Draymond is, I mean, very few people in the league do and can do what he does defensively. Uh, and he's 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 definitely one of the greatest, um, I think, to ever play the game um, on that from a defensive standpoint. So I just hope he can get back because they they really need him. And if you talk when you talk about windows like for the Lakers, I mean, the Warriors has to be kind of kind of tight, too. So they can't really afford to waste time. So hopefully he can get back. I'm I'm, I'm rooting for him. The memes are still going to fly, though. (laughs) The memes are still going to fly. Every single time. For those that really, like like you said, actually pay attention to watching the game, there are no four rings without Draymond. A lot of Steph's success is very, very much Draymond. And Draymond, he doesn't put up, like you said, there's not a lot in the box score. But the IQ, the mindset, that's one of the few people I think you could say safely is on that same level in that same conversation with Bron on IQ. Yeah. Is that for Draymond, how he sets up the offense, how he literally same like Bron, which again that's a whole whole nother whole nother topic, whole nother episode to really just talk about Bron's greatness. Cause I, if I see another interview where it's a player talking about Bron's calling out their plays, right. Draymond is very similar on the defensive side of being like, yeah, this one's coming here, that one's coming here. And that's something that's really – that don't show up in the box score. Yeah. That is undermatched. Like you said, hopefully everything, he takes it seriously, he gets back, especially with – they're actually playing better now. So you add Draymond to this mix with Tracy Jackson Davis, I think his last name is. Yeah. It's like a two-last-name thing, but he's playing better. <laughs> Andrew Wiggins is playing better. 
you add Draymond to that mix, it should be good, man. But yo, we again, we appreciate, we appreciate you hopping on with us, hopping on the podcast, taking time out of your busy schedule. Again, we can't say it enough. Check out Rush Vibes. Check them out on Threads. Check them out on Instagram. Check them out, yeah, on Instagram. If you're trying to get into cigars, whiskey, bourbon, he has yeah. plenty, plenty up there. So definitely mm-hmm. check them out on IG. But y'all know the vibes. If you stay ready, you don't gotta get ready. Bitch, right. mom, out. Peace. <laughs>